In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Dear saints of God, there are uh, two things that God wants us to know, two things that He wants us to believe. And the first is this, that we are sinners, sinners who have broken God's law, who have not kept His commands, and who deserve, because of our sin, His wrath and anger. Now, the Lord has to convince us of this because we are, uh, by nature, uh, trusters in ourselves, self-justifiers. We're making the argument for our own righteousness. And so that we would reflect deeply on this truth that we are sinners, I'd like tonight to consider the Ten Commandments. The first commandment, you shall have no other gods. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. So I ask you, in what have you trusted? Or who have you trusted? In what do you trust most? For financial security? For physical safety? For emotional support? Do you fear God's wrath? And because of the threat of His wrath, avoid every sin? Do you love and trust in God so much that that is evident in your day-to-day life? Do you expect only good from God in every situation, or do you worry or doubt or complain or feel unfairly treated when things don't go your way? Do you withhold from God what is rightly His? What are you afraid of? The second commandment, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. This means that we should fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie, or deceive by His name, but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. And so I ask you, is the Lord's Word evident in your daily speech and conduct, or do you curse, speak carelessly, or misuse God's name? Do you keep all of the vows that you have made in the Lord's name, including your confirmation vow or your marriage vows? Are you diligent and sincere in your prayers? Or have you been lazy or bored or distracted in prayer? Do you trust that the Lord God will answer your prayers, all of them, according to His good and gracious will? The third commandment, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and His Word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. 
Do I despise the Word of God by neglecting or paying little or no attention to it when it is read and preached? Do you attend the worship of the church faithfully or sporadically or even when you're there, wish that you were somewhere else? Do you pray for your pastors, for other church workers, and support the life of the church by the gifts that God has given? What is your attitude towards worship? The fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother. This means that we should fear and love God so that we don't despise our anger, our parents and other authorities, but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. So I ask you, what is your attitude towards those in authority over you? Have you honored your father and your mother and other authorities, teachers, employers, supervisors, governmental leaders, receiving them as gifts that God has put in authority over you? Have you been angry, stubborn, disrespectful, or insubordinate to those in authority over you? Do you obey the laws that are put in place by the city and the state for good order and for our benefit? If you're a parent, do you faithfully represent God the Father in disciplining and caring for and catechizing your children, or do you exasperate them and and exhaust them rather than bringing them up in the training and instruction of the Lord? The fifth commandment, you shall not murder. This means that we should fear and love God so that we not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, but help and support him in every physical need. Are we angry? Are we vengeful? Have we protected the lives of those around us, including the lives of the unborn? Do I hate anybody? Have I called anybody a fool or disrespected anyone? Have I lost my temper? Have I injured my neighbor by my thoughts or words or deeds? Do you hold grudges or harbor resentment against your neighbor? Do you ignore the plight of the helpless? Are you callous toward the genuine needs of those around you? The sixth commandment, you shall not commit adultery. This means that we should fear and love God so that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do and husband and wife love and honor one another. Are you in a sexual relationship with someone other than your spouse? Do you look at others lustfully, committing adultery with them in your heart? Do you dishonor marriage by ridicule or divorce or engage in forms of sexual immorality or let lust have its free course in your heart and imagination? The seventh commandment, you shall not steal. 
This means that we should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way, but help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. So I ask, have you cheated? Have you sought to get something that you haven't earned? Do you care for what you have? Do you pay what you owe? Do you return what you borrow? Do you respect other people's property? Do you give generously? Are you generous or are you selfish and stingy and greedy with your time and your money? Are you unfaithful in the responsibilities of your various vocations? The Eighth Commandment. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. We should fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything in the kindest way. Put the best construction on everything. Are you bitter? Do you gossip? Listen to rumors? Do you take pleasure in talking about the faults and mistakes of anyone? Are you quick to defend others of false accusations, or do you judge others without the authority to do so? Do you speak the truth in love, trying at all times to explain everything in the best possible way? The Ninth Commandment. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. We should fear and love God so that we don't scheme to get our neighbor's inheritance or house or get it in a way which only appears right, but help and be of service to him in keeping it. Are you discontent with what belongs to you? Do you crave something better, something different, something more than what God has given? Do you seek to satisfy the desires and the appetites of your flesh at the expense and the well-being of others? Or are you resentful and envious of those who have what you do not? The Tenth Commandment. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or his donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. This means that we should fear and love God so that we do not entice or force away our neighbor's wife, workers, or animals, or turn them against him, but urge them to stay and do their duty. Do you do it? Or are you discontent with your spouse, or with your family, or with your vocation, or your job, or the employees or employers that the Lord has given to you? Have you done anything to break up a friendship or a marriage? Have you encouraged someone to be unfaithful to their spouse or to their parents or to their family or to their vocation or to their job or to their employees or their employers? Are you contentious? Have you encouraged disharmony in your congregation or in your family or your workplace? Do you manipulate other people and try to control them for your own benefit? Have you done everything that you can to mend and and strengthen broken relationships? These are the Holy Ten Commands. And according to these ten words, 
The first truth that the Lord would have us know stands true for every single one of us. We are sinners. We have broken God's law in what we've done, in what we've said, in what we've thought, in the good that we've failed to do, in the service that we've failed to rend. The Lord has given us so much and we've squandered those gifts, despised them. So we stand before the Lord as guilty. There's a, there's a common, there's a common just cliche that, that people will use when they think of themselves. They'll just say something like this, you know, to err is human, everybody, after all, makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect, and, and that's true enough. But we stand here today with the Ten Commandments shining the holiness of God, and we realize that that just doesn't fit. It's not, it's not enough to, to, to recognize that we're not perfect. We recognize that our imperfection, that our failure, and that our sin means that we stand before the throne of God as guilty sinners, deserving of His eternal wrath and punishment. We know it. But this, dear saints, is only the first thing that the Lord wants us to know. There are two things that he wants us to know. And the second I would submit to you is even more important. The Lord wants you to know, first of all, that you're a sinner because he wants you to know, second of all, that Christ Jesus is the Savior of sinners. That he who knew no sin, God made to be sin for us, that we might become in him the righteousness of God. That while we stand here guilty under God's law, convicted and broken because of his commandments, that if Jesus were sitting next to you and was, and was being asked all those same questions, he and he alone would, would be would sit with a a clean conscience, unworried, unafraid, because all of the commands of God, top to bottom, beginning to end, he kept, and yet this one, the sinless son of God, the one who is righteous in every way, this one has taken all of your sins, all of your iniquities, all of your transgressions, All that you've done wrong, all that you've failed to do right, he has taken all of it and suffered in your place. All the idolatry, all the blasphemy, all the irreligion and dishonor and anger and lust and greed and bitterness and discontent, All of it, top to bottom, belongs to him. And all of that suffering on the cross, all of it was because of those sins of yours so that you would not suffer because of them. I know that you're a sinner. You know that you're a sinner. Jesus knows that you're a sinner. And that, dear saints, is the point. Christ came for sinners. Christ suffered and died for sinners so that Christ could save sinners like you and like me.
That spot on your forehead that reminds you that you're dying, <laughs> that reminds you that you're going to have to face the judgment day one day, that's not given to you so that you could be sad and afraid, but that you would long for that day with hope. Because while it's true it's appointed for man once to die and then to be judged, your judgment for your sin happened already some 1,960-odd years ago on the cross so that for you the door to heaven is open wide. So, dear saints, know this. First, you are a sinner. But second... Christ Jesus is the Savior of sinners. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.